as I was preparing this, it was difficult. Um, we were in Oaxaca, Mexico, obviously, for uh, about two weeks, uh, January 19th to uh, January 31st. And so to try and capture two weeks of uh, time in the mission and all the emotions and all the accomplishments and, and the blessings that came and uh, try and snap that into 30 minutes is so extremely difficult. So <clears throat> I hope that the, um, the presentation doesn't turn out uh, too long or too short. I'm going to try and keep it interesting and keep it moving along. So if I'm going fast, I apologize. But I also didn't know how much uh, participation we'd have with the weather. So um, as I go along, any, anyone who was on the mission trip, you're welcome to put up your hand and uh, add something anytime you like. Uh, interruptions are welcome. Um, am I wired up? Is it working yet? Nope. All right. We'll stick with the puppet that day, okay? So... Um, Oaxaca, that's how it's spelled. Difficult for a lot of people to say, but uh, I always tell people, if you can say Oaxaca, you can say Oaxaca. <laughs> that's the state of Oaxaca, by the way, in Mexico that we're in. And um, the town we're in is that. It doesn't even fit on the screen. Suchil Quitango. So I'll say that together. Suchil Kitango. <laughs> Very good. Uh, here's a map of Mexico, by the way. Uh, Oaxaca is down here. I got a laser pointer, I think. Yes, I do. Right there is Oaxaca. So very southern part of Mexico. Um, the, there was a group that actually already had this church. Um, they, they had reserved it to, to go down and build it like we had. And they had backed out originally because of uh, safety concerns. And um, so we said, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> and, uh, but I think most of the danger is probably up in the northern part by the border uh, where you hear a lot of the, the cartel wars going on and things of that nature. So um, overall, we were fine there. But uh, I was giving you an idea where we were at. Uh, here's the group before we left here at the church. Um, this is only 16 of us about. So some of us met here in Nina, and then we drove down by bus and picked up people in um, Fond du Lac and Madison and so forth. Am I in the way? I don't know if you guys can see. Yep. That's Andy Lawton, by the way. He's uh, one of our two, one of our three uh, sound room technicians up there. So I think he's, when he gets up there, he'll turn me on for the on the wireless part. I'm on now. You can hear me. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. Okay, uh, so that's a group before we left. We met here at church, and uh, Pastor and his wife showed up too to send us off. That was very nice. So we had a word of prayer, and away we went. Um, this is just a picture of the plane. I have pictures that I'll stop in. Uh, there we go. That I'll stop and I'll, I'll speak on. That I'll just flip through to give you an idea. Uh, I have over 100 pictures, by the way, just in this presentation. Uh, don't let that put you to sleep yet. But uh, I was talking before about the difficulty. And uh, overall, from all the pictures I had received, um, I had sifted through 4,403 of them. And so, like I said, to condense that down. So I apologize if, apologize if I leave anything out that you were hoping to see or uh, put in too much. Um, so this is the airport. This is kind of cool getting out of the plane, and oh boy, you know, it, it was a long day. A lot of us started very early. Uh, this is where we stayed. Um, Villas, Villa del Sol is what they were called. They're kind of like little um, condo units, if you would. They each had two bedrooms in them, uh, one upstairs, one down, and um, a little closer up there. Uh, that's kind of like the little kitchenette, and to the right is the living room. And uh, that's the stairs leading up to the, one of the bedrooms. And 
This is one of the beds. That's Bill in the bed. <laughs> and uh, that's the main building, by the way. We, uh, the dining room, the dining area is up on top. And this is a picture looking down from there onto the pool. And what you see there is the building that we had worship in each night after every single night um, of work. Um, and on Sabbath, every single night we were there, we went down into that, uh, it's kind of like a reception hall, so to speak. What you see in the background there is a big dome. I think that's also set up for receptions and such um, uh, that people can use and rent out. But anyway, um, this is the dining room. Uh, it was very nice. The tables lined up for us every single morning to seat all 38 to 40 of us that went on the trip. And, um, and so that's kind of an idea of where we stayed. Uh, after breakfast, oftentimes we had to wait for the bus. And um, sometimes while waiting out there, uh, you know, people would find things to do. It was just uh, a few of them. But uh, the bus sometimes would come anywhere between now and sometime later in the day. <laughs> but no, for the most part, it was on time. Sometimes you were also getting your last bite to eat, and you are racing to your room to grab a couple things so we could get on the bus and get moving. So, but overall, uh, it was very good. That was just some waiting time there. Uh, here's the pastor. His name is Sergio. And uh, we got to the site. This is the work site. We came on the bus, and he was, he was there to greet us all. It was the first time that, uh, that most of us had seen him anyway. And what you have here, how many of you know Betty Keffler or got to know her on the trip? Hardworking girl, doesn't accept a lot of help, and this is one of those cases. You can tell she's already talking to Minda. Oh, no, I don't need any help. And there she comes crashing out of there. No hand, no hand. She's got it. But um, so it was neat for him to stand there. You know, we're coming off the bus and, and meeting each one of us. And uh, that's what they're worshiping in when we showed up. That was their church. Uh, by the time we had gotten there, it was already serving as the kind of materials and, and tool shed, if you will. And to the left is the site that we're about to uh, embark on raising. Here's the inside of that church. Here's kind of looking out the door. Here's a sign on it. Now, one thing that's cool is that no matter what the building looks like, they treat it like a church. This had a sign on it, you know, like any other church would. And uh, I'll show you another one later, but uh, very cool. More site inspection. Dorothy's got it nailed down, thinks everything's ready to go. Here's the ladies planning. Here's the guys planning with Stella translating. (laughs) Stella, by the way, she is here today. You want to wave, Stella? Hello, Stella. She's one of our translators. Paul and Ethel's son, Nick, also came to translate, and a couple of other us people were fractional translators. We did what we could in between time. Um, it's Tony getting ready for business. Here's the site lavatory. The door almost opened all the way. I want you to know this was upgraded before we got there. Paul informed me that the toilet wasn't even there. It was just a hole. So we were given a blue pedestal, and we are all set to go. Uh, here's the goat walk, the daily goat walk. There's a, a little farmette, if you will, down toward the bottom of the land where we were working, and um, there are goats there, so each day they'd come walking through. This is kind of cool, seeing them come by. By the way, uh, where we are is kind of like a rural area, so you can kind of see in the distance, it's, it's pretty spacious. You, know, you see mountains in the background. This isn't really a city environment, and um, as evidenced by the cows. So here we are putting up the first uh, truss. Obviously, the first part was getting the, the frame done. And we eventually got all the trusses up within uh, the following day. We got there on a Thursday night, by the way, late Thursday night, about midnight, so kind of Friday morning. And so the work that you saw on the previous slide, this was, that was day one on Friday. And, and we kind of had a shortened day, you know, because we'd gotten in so late and whatever. And um, we were back to work on, on Sunday, uh, finishing off the trusses. Got that up, and we started laying the first row of block. It's pretty exciting when you just put down the first one. In between time, by the way, there's a lot of work going on. You know, you see there's only so many people that are up on top putting up the trusses and such. But uh, there's people all over the place that are moving block from one place to another. All that block that you see up on top um, by the wall there, that was all down here somewhere in a, in a huge pile. And so we were moving blocks, setting up mudding stations, you name it. But um, despite how many people we had, uh, we were all able to keep busy. Um, here we are already four rows up. Uh, this was on, on Sunday, the first, uh, the first full day that we worked. It was kind of taking a break there. We get those too. Uh, here's four rows up with Rob Buchholz. Five rows with Rob. 
Resting Rob. And uh, it got exciting once we got up enough rows where we could see the windows start to take shape. You know, you really felt um, that you're getting somewhere, that there's really going to be a building by the end of this. They're putting the, the forms up to pour around the windows, get that going. Here's from the inside. And I think there's a total of 13 or 14 rows of block. And uh, it looks like it went up fast by flashing through pictures, but uh, every four rows you have what you do, uh, you call a, a bond beam, where the blocks get cut open, we put filler all the way through it, and all the way through you lay in uh, rebar in different spots. So um, they bring electrical all the way up too, because you can't just, you know, like a regular house, can't just fish wire through whenever you want. So there's a careful plan that goes into all that, and, um, and uh, it's quite a bit of work. Here's the forms taken off and the windows all poured in. And here's the walls up, and they're starting on the peak. So it's starting to really look nice. We had to do this at the end of every day. That's Tony and uh, Karen cleaning off some of the tools. Wheelbarrows, everything, trowels, buckets, they all got sprayed down and scrubbed. Um, here's the first sheet of roofing going on to kind of cap it all off. Another view of that. And uh, that actually finished one of our days. We put the last, we put the first two sheets on that we had left shortly after. Anybody have anything to add yet? Pop in anytime. And uh, here's the building, just about finished. You can see the um, the peak is complete. We got the roof on and the the steeple up there, and um, they got sidewalks beginning to be poured. Um, you notice there's a ledge, there's a drop-off before. I don't know that this wall was the original plan for this church. There's actually a few things, like the sidewalk, the width of the sidewalk, the walls that are going up right now, and the railing, that were not part of the original plan uh, for what we call a one-day church. That's what this is. The definition of a one-day church, I believe, is just the frame and the sheet metal roof, if I'm right. And, uh, and that is it. That's the definition of one-day one day church. And so, you know, the rest we had put in there. But there are a few parts, like I said, the wall and some of the sidewalk that um, were kind of added with uh, money that was left over from the group. So it was kind of cool. Um, when we took lunch each day, this is how it went. Um, the ladies, the pastor's wife, and uh, one of their close friends uh, or relatives, they set up two chairs, made a little buffet table. And uh, it was pretty cool. They just made up the plates and handed us. We'd line up and they handed us some plate, one plate at a time. And it was very nice. They made, they made just wonderful meals. We were fed very well down there with fruit and beans and uh, beans and fruit. And... Uh, <laughs> A little bit of casserole as a relief at times. Bread. Um, so while that was going on, um, by the way, I didn't know how to section this off. I could have gone chronological order with everything, but I, I kind of sectioned it off between church, dental, medical, and then, uh, and then filled in with some other things afterward because I didn't want too much of the filler to get in between and then cut off stuff at the end that was important to see. So while the church was being built, uh, we had a medical and a dental facility set up. This is the municipal building. This is the front of it. And, uh, and once you get inside, this is looking back out to where we just were. And it's kind of like a courtyard type of thing. And uh, they had like a register of education office and, um, and so forth. The dental was over here on this side, and medical was just behind us. So they are both in the same court. And, uh, and the people lined up over here um, to see for doctors and dentists. But... Um, yeah, we're right, we're right in the municipal building. They allowed us to operate. It's pretty cool. Here's the dental room. Uh, it's fairly large, actually. They had some pretty decent-sized rooms in there. It's kind of set up for speaking if uh, the mayor decides to hold some kind of town meeting or whatever. Um, here's a little more setup done in the dental office. Some of the supplies there. There's Chrissy. She was, uh, Chrissy did strictly cleanings. Paul was doing fillings and his assistants. Dr. Amber and Dr. Judy up there. That's Dr. Diane. I, um, the, the one day I worked in dental, I, I worked most uh, with her. And, um, you know, everybody, me, I, everybody I see in here, you know, I, I think to myself, just a phenomenal person. Oh, yeah, they're a wonderful person. And really, everybody on the mission trip is. <laughs> So if I, I don't mean to say that and single anyone out, 
but uh, it's really a unique group that you go with because you're, you're with a group of people that, that love to work hard. They love the Lord. They love serving. And I think they all like to live on the edge a little bit because mission trips can entail some things that aren't always expected. That's Josh. You can't uh, see his face right now, but he's working on pulling a tooth. Um, that is one tooth of the 20 that he pulled. I think he's 15 years old. And eight, what's that? 18, I'm sorry. It was Amber, the girl you saw before. She's 15. But uh, so he's really excited. He started on the construction site, then he went over into dental. We get to rotate around a little bit, which is really neat. And he pulled uh, 20 teeth, so that was cool. It was a neat experience for, for him. Judy, doing her thing over in cleanings. Uh, oh, yeah, there's me watching. Paul's about to show me how to pull a tooth. There's me pulling the tooth. There's me showing the tooth. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's hard to see. It's a little blurry uh, red thing. But teeth, if you've ever seen a whole one come out, they're huge. They're, they're big, three and four roots just. So that was really, that was one of five that I pulled. I got to pull five. So um, I really appreciate the education I got while doing that. Um, you know, they just talked you right through it as they were doing it, and it, it, made, it, it made it really easy. So it was, it was fun participating. So how we had it set up was uh, Paul was in cleanings, like I said. I'm sorry, Paul's doing fillings. Chrissy was doing solely cleaning. She didn't have any assistance. She was just cranking out one patient after the other. And uh, she typically sees... I think she said about six to eight patients in a day back home where she, where she works. And she peaked out at 13 one day. 13 cleanings. Um, 19? 19. Thank you for correcting that. That's, I mean, my wrist already hurt. Just <laughs> talking about it. And then up here is uh, Dr. Diane. That was all extraction. So we kind of had three separate lines of uh, people outside waiting for extractions, cleanings, and, um, and fillings. We did some work on some of our own people, too. Our bus driver, he needed a tooth pulled. And a couple people were in our group. Got to have some dental work done as well. So, and that's kind of a typical setup of tools for fillings, anyway. That's a sterilization table. That's Joshua I talked to you about before. He's 18, did the 20 extractions. And uh, that's where we go to sanitize the tools and get them ready up to put on the next tray. That's Amber. She's 15, as I said before. Uh, their first mission trips, both of them. Paul looking at a little girl. Decide that, yep, she needs some work. And that's her waiting for mommy to get done. <laughs> um, this is Dr. Diane again. And the story behind this, Dr. Diane, she, had, um, she has a friend here in the States. And he has, if, I, if I'm getting this right, he has, he has a son in Mexico. And so Diane was talking to him and said, hey, we're going down to Mexico. Uh, you know, maybe we could uh, meet up with your, with your son somehow. And so she got in contact with them, and they had been emailing back and forth and had some conversations and such. And um, this was lunchtime on, I believe, Thursday of the following week that we were there. And he drove up four hours, four to five hours just to be here to meet Diane in person and to have lunch with us. And he bought her up two crates of, um, I think, mango and papaya there. Uh, By the way, he had to leave for Panama later that day. So even though he had a trip planned to go to Panama... He drove four and a half, five hours to come up just to see us. So we thought that was pretty cool. She's very happy that he made it for that. Here's medical, getting that set up. Um, In medical, they have uh, all sorts of things. They also had a a pharmacy table. Those are the doctors, by the way, Dr. Angelica and Dr. James Flood were the two physicians on site. There's Chick and uh, Kathy and Chick. They were our pharmacists. Stella translating. Um, that's Nick Connor, Paul and Ethel's son. He did use the other translator, like I mentioned before. Oh, that's Lisa. By the way, I don't know if you can see the crutches to the right. Uh, that wasn't for the patients we were serving. That was actually for Lisa. <laughs> uh, just before the trip, she had injured herself somehow. I, I didn't know the story on that, but um, still came along and, and hobbled the whole way through. So... Um, you know, something about a mission trip, the perseverance, not only to, to do what you're there to do, but there are several people that, that had conditions that would have been kind of prohibitive otherwise, but she had injured herself and she was on crutches. We had people who had breathing conditions. They had to wear respirators or they're on medication so they could continue breathing well while they were down there. And we had people that didn't have use of, of legs and, and arms, and uh, they came down anyway. And uh, did a phenomenal job. Everybody kept busy. Everybody was helpful on that trip. Yes, Chick. Uh, Lisa ended up isolating in the center, and we went up to the floor, and we 
pins and plates still came down. That's, um, that's phenomenal. Thank you, Chick. We had a, a table of, uh, of seeing glasses, and we were able to actually fit them to people that needed them for their vision. And um, there weren't actually, a, I didn't really know about this until I had seen this picture. There's this and only one other picture of that. And um, there's a story that uh, somebody had come up, they were suffering from headaches and, and seeing funny and things of that nature, and they determined it was just from overexposure to the sun. And they just determined that this girl needed to just wear sunglasses, and she didn't have them. And um, one of the people in our group that were in medical were just inspired at the time. She had sunglasses in a backpack she took along for herself, and she pulled them out and and gave them to the woman. Um, all sorts of neat things like that happen all throughout, but that's, uh, that's just one of the stories I remembered. Here's the line of people waiting. Uh, that's just for dental. Um, lines can get pretty big. It's funny because you look, it's like, oh, you know, we should be able to get through that today. But each person you bring in, after a while you look out, you go out on lunch break, the line is still the same size, so people just keep coming and filling in. Um, one of the important things that things I never thought of, you know, you're there to build and, and fix and help and, and all that stuff, but uh, I never thought of entertaining the kids because you can have a lot of children there, but uh, thankfully, that's why there's a variety of us. They had thought of bringing some things, games, activities, and that's Pam about to throw a ball out into the court. There's a kid playing with some toys in the dental office. <laughs> I love that hat. Um, by the end of the week, uh, this was Thursday, by the way, the conference guys, this is the conference president here in the middle. That is the um, secretary, I believe, and that's the treasurer. And that, again, is Pastor Sergio, who greeted us on the bus when we came off. And um, they came to, th the, to, to thank us. They gave a nice speech. And um, it was really neat. It was really heartfelt to see those guys come down and, and see what was going on, and they're, they're, like I said, ever so appreciative. And I actually have a video clip of that I, I threw on YouTube. For those of you on Facebook, you might have seen it, but it's out there. Here's the conference guys thanking the group at the construction site. Uh, there's the president again in, in those three. <coughs> and they're holding the sign that's about to go on to the church, by the way, up in the front. So uh, I would mentioned that was on Thursday that they had thanked us. We were kind of winding down the week, and Friday was going to be somewhat a recreation day for, for many of us. Some people went back to put on finishing touches on the, on the church that we had built. <clears throat> so while a few of them went over and did that, a lot of us hadn't seen the church finished until we went back on Sabbath. So the very first Sabbath, we worshipped in, a, worshipped in a church that was already built somewhere in the city, and you'll see that a little bit later. That was on the first Sabbath, but uh, after we had worked on the church for the week, uh, that Sabbath... We came back to worship there, and we got off the bus, and I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes, could have been longer, I don't know, we just stood out there, just nonstop cameras flashing, and um, that's how it turned out. So it was a beautiful surprise to, you know, it's, it was just amazing to see that, see that come together. So it was the first time we had all seen it, because like I said, we were out touring on Friday, and it only took a few people to come back and and finish this, so it was, it was a nice surprise coming to that on Sabbath to worship. There's the sign once, once it was put up. Pretty nice, actually. <laughs> Here's the inside. Um, these were the, the pews and some of the chairs that were set up in the, the previous building, the, the church in there. And we pulled them out of there. They're all stacked in there real nicely, and, and they'd, they'd set them up. People going through it. Here's from the front looking towards the back. Here's a picture kind of looking down. It's hard to capture the whole thing. Uh, you know, I was trying to get everybody in there, kind of capture how, how big it was inside and, and all the people that were filling it. Here's another one. And uh, In order to get those pictures, um, I was up there. <laughs> I guess Tony got that, caught that picture. I didn't know that. I was going through here, and I'm like, hey, we got that. But um, this, by the way, is the... Um, I don't know if he was the vice president or the assistant vice president of the municipal police. They sent their head guy, or one of their top guys over there, to give a speech and, and, and to thank us for what we did in the community and to tell us that they're looking forward to working with um, the Seventh-day Adventist group there and with that church. And uh, I guess I didn't expect that. And um, for them to come and make a, a special appearance just to do that, this is, um, 
that same gentleman there talking with the conference uh, secretary, and uh, Stella was translating as they were talking back and forth, and uh, the conference, conference guy was telling them how thankful we were that they allowed us to do what we were doing there, so it was just really neat. Again, that was that Sabbath morning uh, before the, the sermon. Uh, yes? Five hundred people treated in medical. Mm. I can imagine. Uh, Paul, did you have a guess at that? Three to four hundred in dental as well. I mean, you figure we did. If, if uh, Chrissy herself did nineteen cleanings in a day, and you got Diane and, and Dr. Paul working times, you know, five days. That's uh, I imagine. So, thank you, Stella, for adding that. So uh, they were talking back and forth and, ex- and expressing their thanks and. Um, he had actually bought some of his family members when he came to talk to us. Yes, Chick. Okay, good. Did you want to do that, Stella? I didn't want to tell that story because I didn't know if I'd get it right, so I'm glad you brought that up. Well, as we were um, dividing the group from dental to medical, one of the sisters came up to me and she said, Sister, sister. And I said, well, what's the matter? And she said, oh, the, uh, the president of the village is saying that um, they, the president paid your group, our group, to take care of his people. I go, really? Well, let me take care of that. So I went down there, and there was, as you come in, there were some policemen on the side. And there must have been, like, I would say, like 200 people out there on the courtyard they were getting their applications for aid from the village and so they were picking up their applications so I started to talk and the mic wasn't on so I told the the police I said do you mind turning this on for me and they go oh no no go ahead and so I go is it working so I finally told them I said um, we're from the Seventh-day Adventist Church and I said um, we're doing free medical and free dental. You're all welcome to come in and, and, and get help if you need help for medical and dental. And it's all free from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And um, so I, the police were looking at me like, okay, see you later. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Stella. Yeah, he had, he had tried telling the, the village. You know, they have politics down there too, by the way. And... Uh, <laughs> And so he wanted them to know that he paid us to come down and do all this stuff. And, uh, and so Stella, Stella set the record straight, and we thank you for doing that. And um, uh, another thing regarding politics, by the way, one time we were on the way to the job site. We got, I don't know, it was probably halfway there, maybe even a little bit further, I'm guessing. And uh, there was a road that was blocked off. Cars were going up and turning around, going up and turning around. And we ended up finding out the scoop there that some political was going on, and we heard it, it might have been a workers' strike. So these guys got a bunch of their vehicles together and whatever else and blocked off one of the main roads. We had to turn around. We actually didn't get to the site. We had to, we had to take a route that t- takes an hour to get there instead of a half hour from a hotel to the thing. So it was funny, though, on the way back, we had heard that the road was cleared up. And uh, in, instead of all the people there blocking the road off, instead it was probably about, it had to have been 15, 20 cop vehicles all sitting there, guys with their arm out the window looking around, you know, and vehicles just like this, just lined up, cops everywhere. So they must have had to really break that thing up, but they did. But uh, here's the, the municipal police guy leaving. Like I said, he brought some family members with him. I just realized, by the way, that it's almost 12 o'clock, so I hope this isn't dragging. You guys okay yet? Okay, I'm going to try and keep it moving for you. Um, so there's a comparison of the two next to each other, where they worshipped and where the, <laughs> the church that was just built. Here's all of us in front of it. Um, it was a very heartfelt day that Sabbath when you go there to worship in the church that you, know, you had labored in all week. And the most touching part was not only not knowing who you weren't going to see again, because towards the end, some people came with us on some of the touring and stuff like that, but you didn't know if this was going to be the last time, so you said a lot of goodbyes. And um, last time maybe seeing the church, seeing the people. And one of the more touching things was uh, we were in there and somebody had raised their hand and they said something, and it got translated, and they said, uh, you know, we had been praying for this church for three years, and um, it's finally here. So, 
uh, I took pictures of pictures on a guy's iPad of what the church is going to look like when it's completely finished. By the way, that wasn't the finished product. They actually go through and stuck with the thing and, and really uh, finish it off. So that's what the inside will look like. Um, uh, can you see that okay? This, they make it colorful and uh, really do a nice job. I think it cleans it up nice. These are churches in other places, by the way, uh, that, that have already been done. And uh, I guess we're going to be sent a picture as well of this church when, that we built uh, when it's finished. But uh, I want to get up here in case you guys didn't get to see it. But that's not all. On the way down, uh, it was discovered that when the containers were loaded of the church materials, uh, somebody had loaded one extra set for a church. And um, so there's an extra church to be built. They just need to find a site for it. And they did. And this is a site, and that's the church. This is a definition one-day church. So you got the frame, you got the roof, steeple. And uh, by the way, that slab wasn't going to be under there either. A couple of people in the group actually put up their own money uh, and pitched in to buy a slab for these guys. Um, Again, just another one of the few stories that were, you know, people are really touched by this stuff. And This is uh, where they worship before. You see through the building, that little, that shack back there has the Adventist logo. What's that? Yep, the, yep, the blue one in back. And here's a close-up of it. That's what they were worshiping in. Here's the inside. You know, I said before, they put up a sign on that, that the wooden one we were at at the first site. You know, they take care of it like a church. They did the same thing here. They, they have the flowers up there. They beautified it. That's a dirt floor, by the way, and um, just really something else. But that's the inside of where they were worshiping before. Here's where they fed the guys lunch that worked on this site. So what we did, we had a crew working on the regular, the, the first church, and then the second one, uh, we realized we had some extra people, and they split off. And so this was being built in the meantime, and they took care of them very well. Um, I guess they fed them at 10, they fed them at 2, and they tried to feed them again at 4 o'clock before they left. And, um, but yeah, yeah, Rob was one of the people that went with this group. So we all came to see it. Uh, Sabbath after we worshipped in the church we had, the rest of us had built. Here's the group. When we first got there, they weren't there. They were out witnessing around in their neighborhood about what was going on and how thankful they were. And eventually they returned and, and uh, came back for some hugs and some pictures. Um, kind of getting into some of the other things. The, the first Sabbath we were there, obviously our church wasn't built. This is the church that we worshipped at. And um, uh, it's, it's pretty nice, actually. That's the outside. Here's the inside. We're up in a balcony. They said, we have a special place for you guys. And so they had us up in the balcony so we could see over it all. And um, very nice, uh, well-kept. They had the Ten Commandments up there. The fourth one they have in bold and the, the three angels. And they start the, the service, the three angels sign on the far right up there uh, that lights up in the background. It's kind of cool. Here's us up in the balcony. And it, I don't know if you can see this. It, I didn't even pick it up looking at the picture right on my laptop at first. But there's a little flag here, a flag there, one there, one there and one there. And there's a person standing by each one. This is how they have Sabbath school class. There aren't separate rooms. These are each teachers, and in front of them are there other people in that class. And they're all speaking at once, and it's echoey in this building. So they're, they're talking down there, and uh, somebody had mentioned that it reminded them of Babylon. <laughs> they're like, that was confusion. But uh, we were upstairs in the balcony, by the way, having our class as well. So um, it's really something, but that's how they do it. Uh, here's the inside of that building that we had worship in each night. Um, we had nice chairs set up, and each night, a uh, different one of us um, took turns. Each night, we uh, gave a little a Vespers session. Yes, Chick? Um, I hate to keep interrupting. No. But anyway, just to let you know, there were four of us. Um, there was a 30-something boy That's right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. People had come from all over the, all over the states, and I think a couple were supposed to have come from Canada initially. But uh, that's, our, that's the whole gang. So some of the attractions. In the background, by the way, I don't know if you, right here you kind of can't tell, but this is what we call the tree. One of the attractions there, this tree is, uh, was it three to 4,000 years old? And it's enormous. It's had a lot long time to grow, and you'll see that. But that's all of us kind of in front of it. There, here's a little perspective. You see these people? That's the trunk of that thing. 150 feet around. Um, so you see a fence up. You can pay to get on the other side of the fence and get even closer to the tree. 
that drapes over the fence anyway so you can still touch the tree. But um, not supposed to, though, so we didn't. But, um, so yeah, this, this thing was just huge. Um, again, I'm going through these fast. I'm kind of glad because uh, I'm already running you past 12 here, and I know we got uh, potluck downstairs. But uh, in that area is a place called Monte Alban. It's the ruins of a city that was built in, uh, was it 500, 500 B.C.? Started in 500 B.C. Uh, so many pictures of this. I took several pictures. Paul had some phenomenal pictures. He had a good camera, and this is just one of them that he took. This is an overview of the whole thing. And I don't know if you can see the, the people down there, how small they are in comparison to everything else. And this is just one side of it. I mean, it's huge. I loved it, though, because it was up in the mountains. So we actually drove up. The bus drove up these roads and circled all the way up into the mountains. And then even from there, you walked up a little road, and there's Monte Alban. And you can see the mountains in the background. So it's just, so, I, just I didn't want to leave there. Because you look around, it's just silence. Is it going? Third highest pyramids in the world. Third highest pyramids in the world. Thank you, Chick. Um, I love the mountains to begin with, but you go up here. See, in Mexico, as we're driving around, you know, you, you smell a lot of exhaust and just hear a lot of noise. There's constant noise, exhaust, and all that. We got up here, it was just peace. Just nothing but the breeze and um, beautiful scenery. Here's another shot of that. Again, you can see the people here. Um, some of these buildings, you could actually um, walk up. I think I got some pictures in here of that. Yes. That looks kind of big. I tried to get a little better idea of it. That's looking right up the stairs. <laughs> yes, they are. Thank you, Rob. Here's people trying to walk up them. Uh, I think we counted. Josh and I ran down the steps. We're like, one, two, three, four, five. We got down there. It's like 42 or 38 or something like that. 38 very big steps. Yes. Yes. Cool. Thank you for that. By the way, Alan, that is Alan, not Alden. For those of you who know Alden, he's a twin brother of Alan. And uh, Alden has gone on a trip in the past or two. And so when Alan came on, I was calling him Alden, but Alden was ready for that. So he's like, I don't care what you call me. I'm here for the trip. So, uh, so once you climbed up those stairs, here's the other view looking back that way. And uh, about Monte Alban, they still don't know, by the way, why they ever left that city. We don't know. That's what I read anyway. To this date, they don't know why they abandoned it. We went to see a textiles village, or it's basically a, it's all a country except for these little buildings along this road, and each one was uh, involved in making the rugs that you see uh, from Mexico and, and other things. And so we got to tour that, and they told us how they made them. And uh, she's rolling through something. There's a bug that they harvest on cactus plants. And this bug, what they do with it is they, you mash it, like in your hand, or mash it on whatever, and it gives off a red pigment. And then they alter that by taking lemon or lime and squeezing it and mixing that in and that makes a different color. Then they take another thing and mix that in. That's how they get all the different colors, and you can see all the, the yarn, by the way, that's, that's dyed over here. And by the way, they make their own yarn. That's the, back there's the thing that spins it. And um, I call it yarn, I don't know if that's the right term for it. But um, he's there, he's explaining uh, how he's making that um, pigment on his hand, the, the dye there. It's really interesting. It's, it's cool to see that whole process from, from strings right on, and bugs right on up to rugs. I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. How did that happen? Uh, here's, uh, here again is another shot of that. And there's a thing that they make it on. I have video clips of this too. Um, again, I didn't think I'd have the time and I was right, I don't. <laughs> but um, is, we got to see how they put them together. It takes three months, eight hours a day, every day, for three months it will produce a rug. And here's a picture. See, they can duplicate this stuff. Here's a picture. I don't know if you can see that, a Polaroid. And you can see how it's coming along. They, I don't know how they do it. But one... One string at a time, they, they put it together and they can create these, they can recreate these graphics. And there's Ethel, he's get, she's getting a color palette on her hand. The guy was demonstrating, and then when she was done, he took a towel and mashed it on her hand and then gave her the paper or whatever. But um, <laughs> we went to Walmart during one of the days. It was actually pretty nice. You know, you think, what's a Walmart going to be like in Mexico? But it's just like, just like here, it's, it's a little bit different, but um, very nicely kept. But here's some of the familiar treats that some of you might enjoy. Uh, mi submarino, my submarine, uh, mi pinguino, like penguin, I'm guessing, I don't know. And uh, so I took pictures of a couple of things because the names are, are funny for the same things that we see here. 
Um, Sabritas, what's that, Frito-Lays maybe? And uh, <laughs> the Smurfs, Los Pitufos. <laughs> A couple Blu-rays there, it's kind of funny. And then uh, Frosted Flakes. Uh, the word in Spanish for sugar, by the way, is azúcar. So, azúcar. So, Frosted Flakes, that's what they call it in Mexico, sucaritas. <laughs> It's just kind of cool, uh, you know, knowing some of the words and then know how they turn them into, just like we do here, we bend words to use for however we market things, but that's Tony the Tiger in Mexico. That's what he looks like there. And um, I believe that was the last of the show. I don't know if there's any other questions or um, things that anyone from the group wanted to add. Um, yes, Stella. <laughs> That's good stuff. By the way, I had a picture. I didn't put it in here because I didn't know how much time I'd have. Um, how many of you are familiar with Nutella or Nutella? It's the peanut butter kind of stuff. Uh, over there, you'll pay 35 bucks a jar. And it's like, wow, that's expensive. That's 35 pesos. You broke it down. It's actually a little bit cheaper to buy Nutella there than it is here. So we pick some up. But um, a couple other things. Uh, another story, we had a generator on site for our electricity. And when we didn't have a generator, there are houses nearby. And I don't know how, but the Maranatha guys had hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet of extension cord. And they ran it to these houses. These people let us borrow their power so we could run our drills, our saws, and all that kind of thing. But um, the, uh, the generator, after taking in so much dust and dirt, um, had quit working on us. And we had to have it serviced. Paul, do you want to cut in with something? Or? Okay. So uh, the pastor came with his, he had a little red Geo Metro. He threw in the bag, you know, we hooked in the back of that thing. He took it into town to a mechanic, and we didn't have it back for that afternoon. Um, the next day we found out, you know, he came back. He started right up, and it was all set to go, and we were thankful that we had the generator again. He had taken that uh, generator to a mechanic, and when he went to pick it up, it was all set to go, and the, and the, guys, uh, the guy asked him, so what are you using it for? And um, so we're doing a, a project, you know, building a church where the, with the Seventh-day Adventists and things like that. And the mechanic's like, really? I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. He had no idea. The pastor took it to him. He had no idea. And he's like, oh, I'm a Seventh-day So he, he was excited about what we were doing. He didn't charge us for fixing the generator. So that could have been another small bill in itself. But um, Paul, you got something? I just had one last thing to say. Um, I just uh, was reading one of Warren's emails last night. Uh, he forwarded it to me from Laura, the manager of the hotel, uh, I guess she's been doing a lot of thinking since we were there and since she gave her life to Christ, and uh, she quit her job at the hotel this week, and she is looking for another job, but today was the first day that uh, she was going to be in church with Pastor Herberto. By the way, so much, like I said, I, I've left out. Laura was kind of our hostess, so to speak, so when I showed you the dining area up there, she was the manager of that group pretty much running that whole thing, making sure stuff was out there on time and serving us. And, and, um, and uh, Lauren, the gentleman that Paul was speaking of, he started talking to her and witnessing to her a bit. And, um, and she, it turned out she had what we called two birthdays that week. She, was, uh, she had her real birth, or worldly birthday, so to speak, and, uh, and she also was reborn again in Christ. And, um, and she accepted. And what Paul was saying, because she had worked there, you know, their schedules are whatever. They worked all, all seven days. And um, so what he was saying is that she had just quit her job this week. So thank you for that update. Um, so she came down, she had worship with us and uh, bought some cakes down and we had cake together because there were a couple people's birthdays during the trip and stuff like that. So um, that was another neat story. I'm, I'm trying to think of a few others. Does anyone else have anything they want to contribute? was Miami or something area is where her husband is from so she's she has uh, her her kids are still stateside in the United States so oh, wow. at least that's what I remember so that's kind of what the situation is with her so you know keep her in prayer mm. because you know uh, that's always a hard thing yeah thank you Rob um, yeah you know overall I mean mission trips it's more than 
it's always more than what you go down there for. Uh, you know, sometimes more than what you bargain for too. But um, you know, the hard work is so much worth it in the end. And the number of lives that that were touched. I mean, you can still hear stories creeping out of the group that even I haven't heard yet. Some of those were surprises to me because it's just such a big thing. And it's a, you know, you split off in groups and there's just a lot, a lot being done. And it's amazing when you, when you go on it, you realize that, that nothing will stop God from getting his work done. You know, not the language barrier, not travel, you know, no distance, finances, nothing. And it's, um, you know, anywhere he wants. If he wants a church somewhere, he's going to plunk it down there. He just needs us to decide that, hey, we'll, we'd like to be the, the tools that, you know, to serve and try and help with some of those things. Um, about that, some other neat things, the, uh, the finances, the, the group, you know, when you pay to go on the mission trip, there's kind of a, a pool of money that starts paying for the transportation. It starts paying for the bus we take every day, the meals we eat every day, and uh, the villas that we stay at every day. And in the end, there's a little bit of that left over. And uh, the group had decided that we would leave back the residual money. And what it was, we had about uh, 900 bucks U.S. I think that was, I don't know, probably 10, 12, 15,000 in Mexican money something like that, that we left behind, and that's going to go towards putting block up at that second church, the one that you saw, just the frame. So um, they're going to get some walls up over there eventually, over there too. So, um, Yes? Yes, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, they also gave us on the, the Sabbath after the church service, they lined us all up, and, and one by one they gave us these um, little clay pots. They value their black clay there. And so they lined us up and they gave each one of us one um, as gratitude for what we did. The, the ladies, I think, got uh, some kind of pottery or basket or something. The guys had got something different. And um, it's just another token of their thanks. But... Uh, I, like I said, I feel like I'm missing so much. Uh, <laughs> yes. She's absolutely right. I don't know if you all heard that. She said when you go on a mission trip, chances are you won't be going on just one because it's addictive. It, it really is. Um, you know, there are some days down there when you're, when you're in the middle of it in the heat of things that you kind of think maybe not. But by the end of it all, in fact, by the end of this trip, already I was hearing buzzings and rumors about Brazil next year. <laughs> so it's like we hadn't even left there and we're like, all right, you know, we're all kind of salivating for what's to come. But, um, yeah, certainly, um, like I said, going on a mission trip is it's a life-changing thing. And, and I can guarantee that any sacrifices you make in terms of, of time or finances – uh, the Lord will either, either provide them or, or you'll, be, you'll be blessed one way or the other. Um, the other power of a mission trip is the mission work that it does here. People ask you where you're going, what you plan on doing there, and you get to tell them about it. And, and it's amazing because it opens up conversations that normally wouldn't happen. You know, you wouldn't have people come up at work and say, oh, so what church do you go to? What kind of things do you do there? I mean, it just doesn't happen. But when you, someone knows that you're leaving for two weeks and they ask you where you're going, you tell them, I mean, these people are just blown away. Um, people wouldn't believe me. I tried telling them three times. I think the fourth time they believed me when I told them I was pulling teeth down there. Uh, you know, which I probably wouldn't believe me either. But they, uh, things like that, they, they, don't, they don't believe you're going down to Mexico where it's dangerous. They don't believe you're going to put up a building and do medical and dental and all this stuff and then just pick up your stuff and, and come back. So, Paul, you got something? I was going to say also that uh, every day at work I go out to eat someplace, uh, get a sub someplace. I have, like, three or four that I rotate through during the week. One of them is Pizza King, and I, I know the owners now since I've been going there for, you know, 4,000 years. And uh, uh, I was talking with her just after we got back and told her about the trip and how neat it was and everything. And, and then the next week she asked me a little more about it, and then I just went in there about two weeks ago, and she said, you know, let me know when you're doing your next one. I want to go. Yeah, so That reminds me, by the way, not everybody was from uh, – the Adventist um, congregation, there were people that were uh, friends and neighbors of, 
of others that are like, oh, so where are you going? You know, just let neighbors know, yeah, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. And they're like, hey, I want to go, you know, and, and they're able to slip onto the, into the plans, onto the plane. And, um, oh, this year's a good one. What would you think the average age was of the group that went? The average age. I showed you some 18-year-olds. I'm well over my 20s. I showed you a 15-year-old. Uh, what do you think the average age was? It was 55. 55. Um, who was the oldest? Uh, not who, but what was the oldest age? Do you, do you remember, Paul? 81. Uh, one of the gentlemen there was from the Detroit conference, and uh, he, was, he had gone on a mission trip with some of the groups there, and he said he was 52, and he was the youngest on that trip. Uh, so again, it, it, it doesn't matter the, um, you know, the things that happened right before that could, that could try and take you out of a trip, whether it be finances, getting your foot injured, your, your age. I mean, there are people, um, you know, I plan on probably being in some kind of wheelchair in the next 20, 30 years, but there are people that, uh, I mean, literally 60, 70 years old, carrying around cinder blocks, you know, just piling them up, keeping right along up with us, and it was, it's really phenomenal. So overall, I encourage it for everybody um, to try it at least once, and uh, like Linda said, it's, chances are you'll do it again afterward, and I think that's probably how participation builds for mission trips, because everybody that goes on one goes on another eventually. But um, thank you, Andy, again, for getting me all set up and with the slideshow. Um, if there isn't anything else, we'll uh, have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the opportunities that you provide us. We have a mission field here in Nina. We have mission fields all over the globe, or I should say you do. We ask that we continue walking with you, making changes in our lives so that we are more able and ready to serve you in these ways. We thank you, Lord, for the large group missions, and we thank you for the airfield mission, akin to what Fletcher is going to be sent off for next week. We ask for your special blessing upon that as well. We thank you, Father, for the blessings that you have given us from this trip, and we ask that it continue to be a witnessing power to those around us who continue to ask about it and, and uh, send us reports back from the results and the reverb that has come back as a result of the work you've done down there. We ask now for a blessing on the meal downstairs. We thank you for providing that for us as well. We thank you for the fellowship, and we ask that it provide us nourishment. We also thank you, Father, for the safe travels here and ask for the same for all those who came up here on the way back home. We ask for a blessed rest of the Sabbath and a very safe and wonderful walk for you in the, with you in the coming week. In Jesus' name, amen.